Welcome to the first podcast of 2022 of Moon, P-Jug, and Hobbs. Wouldn't you know about P-Jug decided she was going to take the first week off. Uh, how was your holidays, Hobbs? Really good. Always too quick. Uh, but a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I did pretty well. I got a new TV as a gift. And I didn't even really realize I needed a new TV until I had it. And I'm like, wow, I've been watching, like a piece of junk for a long time. <laughs> yeah. so I'm super excited about it. And I've been using it lately to watch Yellowstone, which you recommended to me. I didn't believe you. Man, is that a good show? It is really good. It's really addictive. The writing is, I thought this is, it's Kevin Costner playing cowboy again. Okay. I've seen this movie, but uh, yeah, it's really good. It's like empire and, and uh, like uh, what's the one that everybody's watching? Uh, oh God. Succession. And but it's cattle and cowboys. And that was the thing that turned me off when I read, you know, what Yellowstone was about. I'm thinking, you know, I lived on a farm. I don't want to watch a show about that <laughs> all that. And then I watched the first episode, didn't really care. Uh, I was encouraged to keep going. After two, I could not stop at all. I never stopped. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on four, season four. I don't want to go ahead of her because we've already split up on many shows. I just uh, was encouraged to watch uh, You, which I did. And I don't know if you've seen that. It's almost a ripoff of Dexter, I think. I saw the first season and I was kind of out because that's my worst nightmare. I'm a, I am live alone. I really don't yeah. want somebody. <laughs> like, Stalking you? Okay. No, I don't. I've had a stalker before and it's not fun. It is not glamour. It's not like, oh, he's so nice. They're never They're never handsome like that guy. I'll tell you that. I have a stalker story I'm going to tell a little bit later. Let's welcome guest number one for the entire year. Terry Springs, how are you? Life is good. I'm so glad to be here. This is such a thrill. It's an honor. We actually worked in the same city, which was Denver. And this is where my stalker story begins. Whoa. When I first worked at Y108, my first day I met the staff, I thought everybody seemed pretty normal. But, you know, in radio, people can be pranksters. Day two in my mailbox, I go to see if I have any mail, and there's a letter addressed to Moondoggy, which was my on-air name. And I opened it up, and it was a picture, matter of fact, several pictures of male penises. Oh! Okay? Big well, ones. Ones are not good. It's like, hello. So <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, well, this isn't good. So there's a prankster on the staff that's trying to get my melon uh, when I just start here. And I didn't really think no more about it. I threw it away. Next day, here comes another one. Next day, another one. Next day, another one. And I'm thinking, okay, this is really too weird. I get a phone call in the request line. Somebody says, you getting your mail? And I'm like, I'm getting my mail. What do you think of the pictures? And I'm like, stop would you that's what i think i don't i'm I'm straight whatever hung up more pictures more phone calls this goes on for a while eventually i work an extra gig at a nightclub and uh i get a call and the guy says oh i see you have a new pink shirt i'm like are you following me Ooh, right and the guy would follow me and he would know things about me that he would only know if he were nearby. Ooh, that's so gross. Yeah, it's bad. In a letter, along with the pictures, 
he said that if I wouldn't sleep with him, he was going to kill me. At that point, call the police. And they said, whatever you do, if you get more of these letters, don't open them. Yep. They're going to test them for prints. Yep. Okay. So I'm waiting for another letter the next day and the phone rings. And the guy says, I see your son has a new lunchbox. Oh, shit. I said, dude, if you come anywhere near my son, mm. we won't be able to count the number of bullet holes in your ass. Stop. Turn it over to the cops again. Two nights later, guy calls, highly intoxicated. And I told him, you're <laughs> caller number nine. You've won $10,000. I said, congratulations. How does it feel? And he's like, yeah, yeah. he was just hammered, right? Yep. I said, okay, so let me put you on hold. We'll get your info. Yeah. They go to his house with a warrant. Yeah. Pictures of me all over on his wall. Oh, right? that's creepy. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's my stalker story. So I can see why people get a little annoyed with stalkers. Now, Terry and I did not work at the same station. You've never heard that story, have you, Terry? I have not. <laughs> I always got a new one. Uh, and you can't make that stuff up. You really do. Like, as long as we've worked together, I think I've heard all the stories. And then all of a sudden you're like, what? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Terry and I didn't work together, by the way. She worked at Cool 105. I worked at Y108. And she was playing oldies. I was playing Top 40 or Rock or whatever. And uh, you worked there for a long time. I did. I really had a good time. I met my husband there. Oh, you did? I know. Wasn't he your boss? David was the program director. He hired me, and I thought he was so nice. And uh, down the road, about five years later, we did. We got married, and it's been almost 30 years. And, you know, Denver was a great market to live in. I loved living there. Uh, if I didn't have such a strong support system in my family in Minnesota, I would so move back. But uh, I am looking at uh, some places in Arizona. And I'm looking at places in Las Vegas, which is where Terry lives. Yeah, because I hate snow. I love Denver, but snow, not so much. We're going to talk about Vegas a lot today. And the reason we're going to talk about it a lot is because I know the three of us are all football fans. Mm -hmm. yes. And the Raiders, after the John Gruden firing earlier this year, I'm thinking they got no prayer. And then the next thing you know, in their brand new shiny stadium, they just keep finding ways to win. Now they squeaked into the playoffs. They got to play Cincinnati in the wild card game this weekend. Uh, that's going to be fun. Tell us about the stadium, where it is in Vegas, and uh, just a little bit about it. It is so amazing. You'd think in a place like Las Vegas, they'd go out and find a big plot of land. But they put it right across. If you know Las Vegas and the way we're laid out at all, Moon, you remember, well, I-15 is very close to the Strip. The highway goes right through there. The stadium, Allegiant Stadium, is right across I-15. I mean, mm. they're so close, very close to Mandalay Bay and a lot of the stuff on the South Strip. And it's just really, really close in. $2 billion stadium. It, we're surprised that they were able, able to put it in there. But we were also surprised a few years ago when over by New York, New York, just a little north there on the Strip, they were able to wedge in T-Mobile Arena, where we have amazing concerts and events and the Golden Knights play hockey there so we've got a lot of really cool stuff right in a the cluster there there's always something to do there uh i got married there to p jug she got married there another time to two or three other guys <laughs> <laughs> she waited until she got the right one it's all good 
I could hear her laughing in the other room. See, she won't come in here. Get your ass in here. That's Get a bad sign when, you're, when your betrothed walks in and they're like, hey, good to see you again. And, you know, as years went by, as Terry and I worked together in Denver, eventually I lost all my jobs there. And I did move to Las Vegas. And then I started hanging out with her and her man. And we would play golf on, you know, 115 degree days and, you know, stupid stuff like that. It was the day of the white Bronco chase. Yeah, the white Bronco chase. Yeah, yeah, you and David that. did that. And then uh, later that night, I believe we had dinner. There are cool things. I know I was just following you at Light 100 as you were there in mornings for a little bit. And then I was coming in as you were going out and segueing to Houston. You know, uh, Hobbs has been on the air for how many years you've been on? Well, my first gig, but I wasn't on the air, was in 2008. You know, the thing about your career, though, you didn't have to move all over. No, I haven't moved at all. And every time I try to get a job out of town, they're like, nah, you should probably stay there. One of the cool things about radio is back in the day, you could pretty much go from market to market and find your place, your special Mm -hmm. spot that really spoke to you. And David and I decided between the two of us, because we were engaged and just getting ready to get married when we moved here from Seattle in 92. And we made the decision that this is where we want to plant. Mm-hmm. And we've been here for a while. But the, the growth in this city is unbelievable. Well, because I've been going to Vegas since I was like 20 on a fairly regular basis. And so I love Vegas. And so I, I didn't even realize that that's where they put the stadium. I didn't realize it was right there. Like Vegas is crazy. You talk about something for everybody. Yeah, everybody can find something to do here. And it just, they really are going now through the formerly decrepit downtown Las Vegas areas. You know, we put in the Fremont Street experience years ago, but also mm-hmm. now Fremont East, where the El Cortez had been one of this, you know, casinos since like yep. the 40s. They have gone through and revitalized a lot of that. A lot of it had to do with Tony Shea, who was the head of Zappos. And he just kind of was a visionary and would really promote new startups and a lot of tech influence. And it's kind of cool in spots around here. I like it. It's different. A lot of different varied areas. And we live in the suburbs like married people should. For me, my getting to Vegas was kind of strange. I'm leaving Denver. Uh, Couldn't buy a job, right? I'd sent out all these tapes and I'd, you know, tried to apply at all these places, wasn't getting any callbacks. Uh, and then all of a sudden I got a bunch of callbacks all at once. First one was at KZLA to do afternoons at a country station. I was so excited, wanted to work in LA. I thought that'd be cool. It's the second biggest market. And the next thing you know, uh, I find out that they pay union scale at that time was $65,000 a year. <laughs> I would have to uh, you know, live 300 miles from work to find a place where I could afford to, you know, because oh. it's so expensive to live in California. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. And then I get the call from Vegas from a station and uh, it was called The Edge. It was an alternative rock station. Oh, yeah. They 103. Wanted, yep. They wanted me to do the morning show. And so I went in and I tried out. And uh, a guy that was really great friends of mine, uh, Jay Taylor, was the program director. And uh, I tried out. And the next day I get a phone call and it's another station in town. They heard me try out and they said, well, we'd like you on our, you know, can you come over and meet with us? And I said, well, that's kind of cheesy. I'm on another station's nickel here. 
but hell yeah, I'll meet with you, <laughs> right? So we went out and had an expensive dinner and they were really nice and, and all that. They said, we want you to try out uh, for our company so we can hear what you would sound like, not on a rock station, but on a station that's you know more adult or whatever. So they took me to Yuma, Arizona, okay. where they owned a small market station. They flew in a woman from uh, Columbus, Ohio, and they wanted us to meet and try out as a team. I said, okay, fine. Well, we didn't you know, get there uh, in time to do the morning show. So we had some time, it's right on the border. We get in a car, we drive across the border, we uh, go into Mexico, buy some stuff, including <laughs> something that was illegal no. uh, in the United States. I bring this uh, illegal item with me to the tryout. And uh, this woman's name was Dixie. So it was going to be Moon and Dixie. Dixie said, so what'd you buy in Mexico? And all you could hear was this click. I pulled a switchblade on her that I bought in Mexico. Oh, dude. And she screamed and she said, what is that? I said, it's a switchblade. I've always wanted one. Mm -hmm. And I can't find any in the United States. And she goes, they're illegal. Yep, they are. <laughs> That's how it started. I go back from Yuma to fly to Denver uh, out of San Diego with the program director. And I forget to take the switchblade out of my pocket. Whoops. As I get on the plane, I am now detained. And they take me into a questioning room. And they hold the flight because they thought it was like a terrorist act. And so I got arrested during a job interview. Nice. Isn't that awesome? Special. Did you get the job though? You probably did. I did get the job. See, that's what I'm saying. Oh my God. I want your, you know. You know, they just had this story just within the last day or two about all the things the TSA found in people's luggage yes. during 2021. The number one favorite was a chainsaw. In Minneapolis International <laughs> Airport, they have displays of just the stuff they've recovered and they just put it in glass cases so people remember. And yeah, I've seen a chainsaw on there. Well, eventually I got the job and I moved to Vegas and then we started hanging out a lot. And and then, you know, there was something about Terry and I that we had in common besides radio. We both have multiple sclerosis. I was diagnosed in 1989. So it's been, uh, what am I going on? 33 years in March. Wow. So wouldn't wish it on anyone, but you know, the one good thing that it did is it realigned my priorities right away. And I got some good parking. It, yeah, I didn't <laughs> go for that until I had to. And that was only when Beasley moved to the new building on Durango over here a few years ago. They said, Terry, you should get, you know, get a, a special tag or a hang tag or something because you could use the parking. We were squeezed on parking. And I said, well, OK, I'll tell you what, I'll do it because it'll free up a space for somebody else. And now, yeah, it's it's much better. But I really didn't want to. To this day, I only let him give me the hang tag because I don't want to admit that it's like a long term thing. The things I like most about Las Vegas, football gambling. I would get uh, up at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday and I would go to the Las Vegas Hilton because at that time they had the most games on the biggest screens. They called it the Superbook. And I would go there and I would stay from eight o'clock in the morning until midnight. Then I'd get up and do it again on Sunday. I mean, it was great. You can bet on every game while it's happening. 
and you can do all these funky, you know, uh, side bets. And I was once rumored to have a gambling addiction, which was totally erroneous because I have always stuck to a rule and I still stick to it to this day. And this has been the same rule for a hundred years. I do a hundred bucks a day after my hundred's gone. It's not fun anymore. Right. Especially if you know, you're going to play the next day. $3,000 a month. That's it. Budgeting is of extreme <laughs> importance. You know, that's one of the things David and I talk about too. He and I, and, and Moon, you remember too, when you were here in Las Vegas for a minute that the NFL hated this city, hated us. I mean, in the worst way. In fact, we went through a number of years where Las Vegas, the convention and visitors authority was not even allowed to buy commercials during the Super Bowl. That's how much they hated us. So the next year, the LVCVA, the convention and visitors people said, we can get around this. We'll buy around them. So they went to the actual TV stations in markets surrounding Las Vegas and major cities. And they said, we'll just buy them direct. NFL put a stop to that too. That's how much they hated us. Now we're the babes. I mean, we got the Super Bowl has now been announced. We've got the Pro Bowl. We've got the NFL draft, all of this. And, and it's got to do with that new stadium, which is pretty incredible. Plus, you can get bottle service down at the end there. Okay. You're talking to a Vikings fan here. Okay. Yes. Like the, the joy and the optimism and the, and the love for your team and your voice. It's just, it's, it's killing me. It's, but it's, it's the stadium. <laughs> Moon and I, stadium, we were yeah. in Denver. We were Broncos fans for at least a while. So I was oh, yeah. an LA girl. You know, and then I got hooked on the ice hockey with the Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. And so I can fluctuate. But yeah, now we are kind of rooting for the Raiders. It's been a long time. First time since almost 20 years made the playoffs. That's huge. Yep. And another thing I wanted to bring up, too, about the city of Las Vegas, after the mass shooting at Mandalay Bay, mm. which was one of the most tragic things in American history, Okay. And it still just freaks me out to even think about it, that it even happened. Uh, the way that the Golden Knights, mm -hmm. who were just launching a brand new NHL franchise, the way they got involved, you tell them because you watched it all. Well, I mean, that night that it happened, we were down on the strip for a brunch with Ooh. a friend of ours from Wichita, from my hometown. And we spent several hours down there earlier in the day and then took off, came back home. Everybody went off to do their own thing. David was already asleep. But after 10 o'clock, I'm laying. We're not too far from, from El Capitan, the street where we live. And I heard a police car with sirens going faster than I'd ever heard. I mean, it was just like, it was so noticeable because it sounded so unusual. He was responding to the event. Sure. At, at 1 October, I went into work the next morning because I woke up at like 5.30 that morning, turned on the TV. They had a little crawl on the local news saying 50 plus people had been killed in a mm. mass shooting on the Strip. We were just there yesterday. And so this all starts unfolding. I went to the station because it was now Monday, saw my GM, Tom Hum. You know him, I think. I do. So I saw Tom as I'm going in. And I said, are all of our people okay? Because Route 91, we have, a, we have a country station. Coyote was out there that night. We had some of our people on stage when it happened. And our promotions pop-up tent and everything was right next to the stage. And yeah, all of our people got out. But we had a bunch of people with PTSD. It's understandable. 
And it, it, the, the Golden Knights stepped up that very first day. And we had thousands of people who came out to donate blood, so much so that they could not handle all the donations. They asked people if they would consider coming back, scheduling a time. We can so use your help. We just can't handle it today. The Golden Knights came out, started handing out water, just being so kind and helping and doing everything they could. And by the time the first game came up, their first home game, the way that they did it, I mean, they, the players being introduced on the ice that first night, it was like they were just there to accompany the first responders who were being honored that night. And at that time, we had lost 58 at this point. After the fact, we're up to 60 now. So I can't even explain it. I mean, it leaves me speechless. The, the Golden Knights really stepped up. And here they go into this magical inaugural season and end up in the Stanley Cup play playoffs their first year. You know, the feeling was is that I never was a hockey fan, but after going through that, I was totally addicted. And it was the sport you didn't know you loved and the team you didn't know you needed. I can tell you another story about Las Vegas and kind of a dark thing. Uh, Steve Wynn is the guy mm -hmm. that pretty much owns Las Vegas and has for a long, long time. He's very big and influential there. A lot of people think he's in the mob and this and that, and who knows. But I do know that while I lived here, his daughter was kidnapped. Yep. Kevin. She was kidnapped. And they said, we want $3 million. You got to drop it off alone and we'll tell you where. And here's when. He went into the Treasure Island Casino cage, got $3 million cash, and alone, he drove out to where he was supposed to meet. Now, whether or not he was truly alone, I highly doubt it. My guess is that guy has snipers in behind every cactus in the desert. Yeah, it, he was alone, except for the guys in the helicopter. That <laughs> Other than that, yes. The money is transferred. His daughter is released. All's well. Three days later... Three guys go in to buy a Ferrari cash in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That didn't work out so well for him. I mean, you know, that's the thing about Vegas. Because of gambling, there is a lot of cash that floats around. Oh, there yeah. are a lot of people that are found in the desert. Gambling is not the best thing in the world for us. I think if you can control yourself, it's okay. But I think many people get gambling addictions. I think, you know, I would go to casinos in the middle of summer, and I would see, you know, three to five-year-old kids left in their uh, cars in the parking lots while mom and dad were in yanking handles. I mean, that wasn't good. No. The people were so into it. I mean, they would do stuff like that. And the casino security teams had to, you know, help many times because of all the issues. Yeah, the we're finding actually that younger uh, visitors to Las Vegas are not as interested in, game, in gambling. Yeah. They're not, which is one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of other things to do. This is a foodie paradise now. It is crazy the amount of great restaurants that are in this city. And it so is. there's a lot of other stuff that you, what we had, didn't we have Thanksgiving dinner one year at Emeralds? We did. Over at MGM? Yeah, right know, before we got married there. Yep, that's right. That was your wedding weekend. And so there's lots of other things to do, a, a ton of shopping, very high-end shopping and so there's oh, that that was always my favorite going into Caesars Forum. Yep. Yep. And yep. I'm like, 
Oh, so that's what a $10,000 scarf looks like. Well, you now know, there's... And I love that you could go in and you could touch it and be like, uh, no, I don't think so today. Like, as if I had that kind of money. Yeah, if I liked it, I would, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't but... really like it. Oh, it feels weird. I don't want it. And one of the other things I really like about Las Vegas, all the shows, okay, the entertainment. Now, if you're a rock star, do you want to hit the road and travel all over or do you want a residency in Vegas? The big stars now are leaning towards that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Lady Gaga, you know, I could name them all. I mean, who was the first one that really did it? Celine Dion. She yeah. really is good. I've never seen her live, but she, that lady can sing. And yeah. I can't believe how young she was when she broke through. She's always sounded so mature, but she was like in her 20s. Yeah, she was a kid. And when she met up with her manager, Renee, who she ended yep. up married to until he passed, yep. she was only maybe, I'm going to say, 14 or so when she met up with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that happened to Mariah Carey and a couple other ones where it's like, oh, you know, kind of becomes well, the new daddy. I saw Celine one time in Houston at a place called the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion, an outdoor arena. It was a very warm summer night. And as she was hitting a high note like nobody else, a roach flew into her. Oh, room. no. Oh, dang. Because there's so many lights around the stages, it attracts bugs. Sure. Right? And there's not another place that I know that has more bugs than Texas. Look. Right? And she's trying to spit it out and cough it up. <laughs> but the bugs we've got here in Las Vegas and in Southern Nevada are the hardcore ones. Okay, yeah. they need to be able to handle 115 every now and then. So you've got your scorpions, your black widow spiders, stuff like that. You know, the the little iffy bugs. They don't make it here. But deadly ones. <laughs> the little iffy bugs. We, like got the, we got the good stuff. <laughs> I was going through, and I don't know why you do this. I suppose at the end of every year, you're clicking on websites. Uh, and I did the uh, In Memoriam page. Oh, no. Right? Where you, you, you know what, Moon, you were doing so good in 2022. We're 37 minutes into recording and you hadn't mentioned death. <laughs> oh, and I, well, then that opens it up for me to say that Harry Reid, who was the most gifted politician as far as doing stuff for Nevada, is lying in state in the U.S. Capitol today. Yeah, that's right. For me, I saw one of uh, the Siegfried and Roy guys died. I can't remember which one it was. Well, it was Roy first was, after the tiger attack, but then Siegfried died, what, last year or something? Yeah, in 2021. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I brought that up, because I actually met Siegfried and Roy, the guys that did the, the tiger show, at uh, the night that the dunes was imploded. <laughs> I remember that night. Well, they were going to take explosives and bring down an entire you know, hotel building, a huge one. And they made everybody uh, go a mile away. And while we were broadcasting live that evening, you know, from a safe distance, Siegfried and Roy approached me and I wave them over to do an interview. And I said, hey, how you guys doing? And uh, he said, well, we're waiting for the dunes to go down and we just enjoyed a hot dog. Careful. I did some kind of a wiener joke. Sure. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> laying there. Might as well pick it up. <laughs> Putting up the softball and boom, roasted. Yeah. Well, you know, that same night that they imploded the dunes, they also filmed it and turned it into a cheesy made for TV movie. 
Really? Do you remember that? Steve Wynn was involved with that because as they were imploding the dunes, they were just newly also opening Treasure Island. So they took the cannon from the pirate show and yep. they made it, boom, and it destroyed the dunes, theoretically, in I the storyline. Yeah, and so they turned it into a really, really bad movie. Good luck finding that one, but I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I know another really uh, good movie that I liked about Las Vegas. It's called Last Vegas. L-A-S-T. Oh, yeah. The, I, I didn't see it, but I know what movie you're talking about. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Michael Douglas. Oh, that's right. It's really good. And when I was watching this movie, uh, I don't even know why I picked it. I it probably said Vegas, so I wanted to see what it was. And they were at a place called the Aria. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if that was real. So I Googled it. And it was real. And then I thought, I got to stay there. So I get on the Travelocity. And the next thing you know, I, I, I am standing next to about a 40-foot-long dessert buffet. Right? <laughs> and I'm in hog heaven, man. I'm thinking I'm gonna, I died and went to heaven right now. And as far as Las Vegas movies, here's a little bit of trivia. Do you remember Honeymoon in Vegas? Nick Cage, I yeah. thought, was in that one. Yeah. It also had Sarah Jerry, Jessica Parker. Yes, and Jerry Tarkanian, our mm -hmm. coach for UNLV, the Running Rebels, he was in a poker game at Bally's, and you see him in the show, and he's chewing on a towel, just like he used to do on the court. There was a little kid Elvis impersonator in a white jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. He was about three to five years old. Do you know who that kid was? I do. I do. But let's see if Moon knows. I don't know. Can I answer, Terry? Absolutely. Do I win a t-shirt? Sure. Bruno Mars. Yes. Really? Yep. Bruno came up as a baby Elvis impersonator. Mm -hmm. His father was an Elvis impersonator and he followed in the family footsteps. I think one of the uncles was too. But yeah, if you look at that scene, it's totally Bruno Mars. He's so cute. There are so many places to have concerts in Vegas. Lots of venues there. When The first year we lived here, we moved in. Uh, I moved here in May of 92. And that first Christmas was the very first ever Las Vegas Bowl. This year it became much bigger because suddenly it's being played at Allegiant Stadium. They were able to attract bigger teams, offer a bigger purse, all of that. But that first year, I was doing a radio remote broadcast. We were down on Fremont Street at 3rd and Carson. So across the street that way was the Golden Nugget and all this stuff. So we're sitting there. It's a cold December night, overcast, snowing really lightly. I was doing a broadcast with Roy Firestone. Do you remember him, the sports guy? He was also up singing like Sinatra type tunes on stage. That was kind of interesting. But we're sitting there doing it. And it was such a Vegas moment. Through the cl clouds come the flying Elvi. Do you remember them? Yes. The Sky Jump team. So oh, yeah. they, they had come out of the airplane and were basically parachuting down to a big red bullseye in the middle of the intersection at 3rd and Carson. That's when basically Fremont Street, you could still drive cars. But to see that coming through the clouds was just weird. It was so Las Vegas, no place like this. I can say I lived there for nearly a year. I didn't see one cloud, not one. I spent a lot of time there in my 20s in that. And I, I remember when I was all freaked out when you couldn't cross the street anymore because and, you know, because people used to just walk into the Las Vegas Strip before they had the overpasses for the pedestrian traffic. Yep, like, yeah, there was a couple of times I had to grab the back of one of my front shirts and like, hang on, that's a green light. 
when we moved here at late in the evening, it was very easy to run across. In fact, Moon, I remember when you were here, the three of us at the time, it was you, me, and David, we were taking advantage of the prime rib special at the Sands. Oh, yeah. So, oh. See, that's what I miss because you used to be able to eat so cheap in Vegas because they wanted you to gamble. And now it's expensive to eat and it's just as expensive to gamble. It, well, everything's kind of high right now. But yeah, yeah no, absolutely. But yeah, I think we had a deal. I think that prime rib special was maybe it was either $3.99 or $5.99. It was a big was piece of prime rib mm-hmm. plus the potato aside and God knows what else. Could have been I a used to a place called Jerry's Nugget. <laughs> Jerry's Nugget was this dump casino. They would one, give you one mile north of downtown. Yep, and there was a really famous strip club right across the street. Uh, what was that? The no, I, I can't believe he's getting us to tell him the names of strip clubs. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay. got to know the room, babe. I never went into the strip club, but I remember passing it quite frequently. Ah, oh, so you knew the sign. Is, is, that, is, that, is that what we call it now? Now, uh, Hobbs, having listened to you on the show, mm-hmm. do you do comedy? I do. I And I love Vegas. I have always loved Vegas. There is, there's just something electric about it. I, I contemplated moving there after I got out of college at Mankato. And then I just kind of realized that I probably needed to do a little bit more growing up and also stay a little more grounded. But I've always had the fantasy that someday my face will appear next to the face of a magician on the top of a cab in Las Vegas. Like that's, that's, that's the moon. I'm not even shooting for a billboard. I don't even, none of that. But um, a gal that I know pretty well is the, uh, the main booker for Brad Garrett's comedy room. Oh yeah. And he's what a sweetheart he is. I love him. And I've never met him, but I adore him. I met him after one October. He came to the radio station and he wanted to make sure we were all doing okay. Oh, see. I mean, I just, I love him now for this. He's just such a cool dude. But like I have, you know, but uh, comedians, we've been sidelined and still to a certain extent are. I mean, I had several of my really good friends that are amazing headliners that all their New Year's Eve, their New Year's Eve gigs all canceled. Like it's COVID is still, the fallout is still there. And, you know. I mean, I lost my radio job. I lost all my gigs on March 31st of 2020. I had, I think, I don't know, 15 or $16,000 worth of work cancel in a week. That's not money you can get back. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, you can request, you, you can request deposits, but. What about your shows that were uh, scheduled for New Year's Eve? Did those go? Oh yeah. We, we did our shows uh, this year for New Year's Eve. Um Great audiences, pretty well attended, not sold out. It's usually sold out, but understandable too. A lot of people are being cautious about it and, you know, and I don't blame them. But other than that, but the the people were great. The people that came out were having a really fun time. A friend of mine that I worked with here in town on the air, Carla Mm -hmm. Ray has been a comedian here in Nevada and grew up in Reno. She's worked down here for a long, long time. And I see how it has terribly impacted Carla's career as well. So what do you think of the show Hacks? I know that Moon's seen it. It's based in Las Vegas. And it's about uh, kind of an aging headliner, a female trailblazer, but needs the millennial to come into her life and freshen up her act. HBO Max. HBO Max. I believe that's also where you get Kaylee Cuoco with the flight attendant. I liked her on, you know, whatever Big Bang Theory. 
Yeah. There's something about her as the lead. I kind of, you know what I mean? Sometimes when you get to know someone so well and your, your first role is so prolific, I kind of can't see her as anybody else now. When they first started, she was drunk all the time as a stewardess and she obviously had some issues. So seeing her drunk all the time and sleeping with people and then they die and it's kind of interesting. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> a lighthearted toe tapper. Good times. Yeah. What are y'all watching right now? Terry, you go first. Uh, you know, we basically, David and I still are pretty deep into some of the network series, you know, offerings that have been out for a lot of years. Anything NCIS, David sure. will approve of. Uh, we also, and because Bull is basically an offshoot, Denozo makes a different character. Michael Weatherly is the primi- primary. Okay. And there's another one, too. Yeah, of course, This Is Us. I'm into sappy stuff, and it's the final season. Uh, and Ordinary Joe is about this guy who has three parallel storylines. And they say it's, you know, what what path do you take in life? And they're happening at the same time. And Moon, any day you're having a bad cognitive day, this show is work, okay? Because you're it jumps from one, you know, setting to another. And suddenly you're looking at Joe, the rock star, and then it's Joe, the male nurse, and then it's Joe, the police officer. And he's got the same surrounding people in his life, but they all play different roles in his life because of the choices he's made. He's married to the blonde girl in one. He is, you know, he's just met up with her again at a class reunion in another setting. You know, I mean, it's it's just crazy. And to keep track of it, it really, it's interesting, but it's a lot of work. I don't know if I'm going to give that one a shot until <laughs> I finish Ozark. Oh, okay, I love so Ozark. I, I Here's the thing. I'm doing Yellowstone now. Ozark's next. Yep. And then Hobbs, you're doing Yellowstone now. You you told me it was good. I heard a lot of other people that I respect tell me it was good. But it's, uh, like I said earlier at the beginning, it's like, it's Kevin Costner. I don't know. Fine, fine. Because And the other thing that I kept seeing was a bunch of memes, and it felt like, it was just a movie with like hot cowboys or like a television show with hot cowboys. Like that's the way the ladies were all reacting to it. Like, shut up, leave me alone. I'm watching Yellowstone. Um, so, I mean, I'm here for that, uh, <laughs> but it's really well written and it's really interesting. And, but what I like about it the most is the dynamics between uh, the native Americans that, and how they are being represented and you know the 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 difference the one thing that everybody on the show basically agrees upon is that no one likes the new people which is kind of you know interesting to me um but i think it just does a really wonderful job it's got some great writing and some great acting and two of the people on the show were also in american horror story which makes me love it even more so another thing i wanted to do before we get out of here too I wanted to plug our upcoming guests. So Terry, living in Vegas, we've been besties forever, uh, along with her hubby David. I mean, way back. We go way back, okay? Next, we've got a double guest podcast. Oh, The first guy, this is going to be next week. Okay. The first guy sold his house in Bloomington, Minnesota, mm-hmm. bought an RV, and he's traveling around the world trying to find people who do good for others. Oh, I like that. that. Yeah, that's kind of an uplifting story. And then the second guy is a, another radio person who listened to me in Denver. And we've, you know, he didn't know me. We'd never met. 
but over the years, he had recorded me off the air. And eventually, Is this back I, to the penis picture story. What are you talking no, about? You're not inviting a guy. No, okay. No, you only get that once per podcast. Uh, but so this guy is going to tell you some early moon day stories. This guy does play by play uh, at a lot of different schools and stuff like that in South Dakota. And he's got some early moon day stories. Yeah. So we're going to find out about, you know, where he got his start, what kind of. He, I have no idea where we're going with any of these podcasts. Nope. I just, you know, call my friends. We just, I think, find interesting people and ask them to be on. That's it. Yeah, that kind of having no direction makes me think of the old David Letterman line. We're hopelessly lost, but we're making good time. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I love that. I've never heard that before. That's beautiful. That is exactly what this podcast is. I don't think David Letterman will let us call it that, but Eric Perkins, uh, former sportscaster here. I've been around forever. He's going to be on. You're going to perk on. I used to co-host a segment. I got canceled after like eight weeks with, uh, or eight months with, uh, Eric Perkins on care 11 on Saturday mornings back when I worked for Tony and B96. Yeah. And then we're going to have my chiropractor on. Ah, and here's the reason why a lot of people don't believe in it. Is it a hoax? You'll find out. With Moon, Peachug, and Hobbs, where we always cover the good stuff. Terry, thank you so much for joining us. Hobbs, you're the best. Uh, Peachug, we have no idea where she's at, uh, but hopefully she'll be here for, uh, you know, next week. Hopefully Maybe. she's home. Hopefully she didn't just leave and just take the, take the keys and, and her purse and, you, you know, children and just leave. And it has been interesting hearing my stomach growl. <laughs> the podcast. I don't know if you guys could hear that in your headphones. No. Okay. It's really severe. All right. I either have to go to the bathroom or I need to eat. So let's wrap up. <laughs> Peach hugging on. Thanks. That was fun. Thank you, Terry. That was Thank amazing. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Go, uh, go Raiders. <laughs>